Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Yeah, we'll send you an Applebee's gift card for your troubles. You have no idea how much the both of us would love that, but I don't think there's an Applebee's within a million miles of here. Oh, you're safe then. Yeah, you're safe well, we then. Grew, we grew up on Applebee's. There you go. Mozzarella sticks and those fucking whatever those southwestern rolls were. Those were good. Extremely cheap alcohol. Strongly poured drinks. Oh, yeah, that was the other yeah. thing. Young drinking. Hey, Mike, we got a show to do. While we do? Is it that time already? <laughs> yeah, it's that time. Okay. It is time for Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors, a Letterman Tribute podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors. So, uh, I'm Mike, by and the I'm way. I'm Rusty. I'm Rusty, the one you've yeah. been communicating with. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me about you guys. Just a little open-ended question there. Yeah, my name is Jay Ryan. This is my wife, Nicole Ryan. We, uh, host Late Night Playset, which is, uh, an internet talk show, uh, mm-hmm. in the form of the old, old David Letterman show. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, we started that because, uh, we both were in the entertainment industry, uh, professionally invisible, as we like to say, and Nicole got, uh, multiple sclerosis. Oh. And, uh, it was 11 years ago now, 2011, right? And, um, you know, after a few years, um, uh, the scary diagnosis turns into real life problems. Which oh, absolutely. Not being able to work and things like that. So, uh, you know, we moved into a different place. We changed our life. We said, what the frig are we going to do now? And, uh, it was, you could say you know, fuck. It's, it's okay. It's the internet. It's okay. Yeah. You could say fuck. Yeah. It was about four years ago and we, um, you know, everybody's doing podcasts and we said well we can work from home we could you know if it takes off we, that could actually do something for us and we literally were just thinking husband and wife sitting at the dining room table with like mics from amazon yeah yeah the the, the cheapest mixer you can find you know just kind of thrown together gear and um and that's how we started life with the ryans and four years later because of life and <laughs> circumstances and the bookends of how the universe works um a story that i kind of forgot about uh and a part of my childhood that i kind of forgot about sort of came full circle as we started this broadcast endeavor yeah absolutely and, uh, and the letterman of it all started to come into into view and into focus and uh and and that's how uh who we are became late night playset that's awesome so uh i i understand that some of the actual stuff you have on the playset is like letterman like adjacent stuff like stuff that it's been on like actual stages and stuff that letterman's been on that kind of stuff yeah, well, that's kind of what I mean. It started at our dining room table, and now we do it from Letterman's actual old desk, actual guest chairs. With that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Phone and pencils and mugs and blue cards and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah that's like, awesome. Yeah, I like it. I, I I do like the the blue cards. First thing I noticed when you had the window behind you, the desk in front of you, and the blue cards. And the uh, bubble machine. Yeah, yeah. The bubble the machine cup. killed me. I love the bubble machine. The blue cup. So um, uh, let me let me give you. Machine. I don't know what these other guys are doing. No, nah, they're missing out. That's what they're doing. Yeah, fog fog machines and bubble machines on Amazon are extremely cheap. So we were looking uh, at getting pyrotechnics for the next show. Yeah, we've been through at least three bubble machines and we've yet to film anything. So I don't know what that says about us. But uh, so so I think I'm the oldest person here. Um, I I grew up um, watching Letterman and uh, taping every show. Um, I would, uh, just a regular Don Giller over here. Yeah. I'd stay up, I'd stay up real late and, you know, watch Letterman tape it all. And then I would run in and wake up my parents because something just happened and I needed them to come see it. And they would begrudgingly come down the hall and watch whatever it was. And so I had a real, um, super intense, um, 
relationship, I guess, with, with David Letterman and that show, uh, it just hit at the right time in my life, you know? Um, yeah. I guess, what is it, 81? Is that right? I think so, 81, 82. 81, 82? Come on. Huh? February 1, 82. Come okay. on, you. All right. I told you I'm old. That's <laughs> you gotta give me some slack, man. So, uh, so I would have been 13, and so sweet spot indeed, right? You know, I mean that was that was totally the sweet spot. I, I remember running in and and telling my dad he had to come see uh, Pee Wee Breakdance. You know, when he started throwing the stuff on the floor, um, several other several other things like that. But had stacks and stacks of VHS tapes. You know, just just taping all of the shows. Um, was my, my, my family was a big Carson, uh, family, but then Letterman to me felt like something completely different. It was, uh, almost that Monty Python thing, you know, where you took the talk show format and you just bastardized it as much as you could, you know, and just made it an entirely new thing out of it. And so it really appealed to me and it stuck with me over the years. I, I, again, just the weirdness of, of my growing up, um, had dreams that I would walk into a, uh, uh, an elevator and Letterman would be in there. I had that dream multiple times. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it hit that spot for me, you know? And so Friends, I, right? say it again, after that. <laughs> <laughs> say one more time. I'm sorry. You were going to be friends with him, right? Yes, yes. I was going to, yeah, I was going to climb up him and be friends with him. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was the whole thing, you know. Uh, so what is what is y'all's um, what's your tie to Letterman, and how did how did that happen for you? Uh, well, it's funny because it only happened to me <laughs> professionally. She used to hate going to his show. It was the yeah. hardest one to do. <laughs> really. <laughs> The hardest one to book. There, but I, it was impossible to get a book. He never really wanted it. Yeah. So very stressful. It's very stressful. Sure. Very stressful. Uh, yeah, no, for me, uh, not dissimilar to you, it kind of hit um, hard at the right time. Carson family, because that was the time and the era. Um, for me, it was a few years later. Um, the <laughs> My... Um, my everything with Dave is a little bit more unique because I grew up in the same town in which same small town in which he lived oh, okay. while he show. Yeah. So while he would wow. go and, and talk to all of us in America, uh, 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 telling these stories about um, the kid at the grocery store or the, the guy at the gas station or the thing on the parkway or, <laughs> or the thing on, on, on his own very street. Um, we all knew that that was all real and true. And we knew that guy and the kid from the grocery store was my friend from high school and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, wow. Yeah. For years. <laughs> <laughs> so like everybody sort of felt that, and we would see him all the time. Yeah. Uh, everybody sort of had this, uh, very bizarre kind of, um, ownership over Dave. It was like, oh yeah, you guys all, because he became so famous. Um, it became like, oh yeah, David Letterman. David yeah, Letterman. the hometown hero, the sign that says the home of David Letterman, you know, the town of David Letterman or whatever when you're driving in. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. To these people, it was like, well, we remember when he just moved to this town and his show was nothing. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people were kind of hard to impress where I grew up. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was just there all the time. And, um, and I didn't give a shit because I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, uh, somewhere around the same age, because that's that's when it happens, 12, 13, right? For at least us boys. Um, <laughs> for me, it was a family trip into the city. Uh, when I say family, we have divorced parents, but it was my mom and her guy at the time and whatever. We took a trip into the city and we ended up doing the NBC tour. Okay. So David Letterman went from a guy that's on TV that I never saw his show, that every, all the adults always talked about, to, oh, now I am actually in his studio and now I might be a little bit more interested because this is like incredibly technical and I'm in and whatever. Uh, then we went upstairs to uh, Saturday Night Live or whatever and I saw that and I had actually knew that show. So mm -hmm. I understood at that point that what, what we saw through the box was not what they were doing in the room. It was totally different and it looked right. different. It wasn't, right. it wasn't how they you know, portrayed it to us and everything. Yeah. 
Um, so then I started going hardcore on the shows that I saw this, this, the studios of in, in, at 30 Rock, right? Like the Today Show and, and Letterman and Saturday Night Live and whatever. And because of that, I then just took this deep dive on Dave because he was accessible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like the guy who lived around the corner who was yeah. always on the news, the woman was breaking into his house and like all that stuff. Yeah. And I just went deep and it changed me. It changed who I was. It, like you, I probably needed something at that time in my life. I was sort of developing still. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents and my school and whatever else didn't give me. When I was right. a little kid, it was like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like Kermit, hey, oh, Kermit the Frog here with the little same microphone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like just talk directly to you like you were a person yeah. somehow i felt like there was no barrier with those two things and and there was a barrier between the art and the, the perception of the art on television dave stripped that down and we were in the room with him and i was changed forever yeah i think that uh again mentioning monty python that that was my only other experience with that fourth wall being broken between me and whoever's on the other side of that screen until letterman came along yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I knew everything that was happening in that room. And by the way, you say that things aren't the same as you see them on TV. This is happening in a bus station. So I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, right yeah. outside. Greyhound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, how about uh, how how about the non Letterman fan? What uh, what what drew you into it? And what uh, is it just because you were you were in the area? Or, or what, what, what brought you into this, making this Letterman podcast and what keeps you going at it? I, I know what keeps him going because of his love for Letterman. What I'm asking you is what keeps you going? And, and, and here's, and eventually I'm going to let you answer this question, but, uh, my wife absolutely hates it, right? She, she doesn't want any part of it. She's a wonderful person, but, um, that humor is just not hers. You know, she, she just doesn't, she doesn't dig it. And so I guess I'm, I'm asking you the same thing. What keeps you going in this? And, and now I'm done. Um, if I, if I met, she can't walk anymore. So she's captive. <laughs> she's got to do that. Okay. I happen to love this. Like this, okay. I, PR for years like this was my life comedy was my life yeah. so this makes sense to me and okay. I am with a guy that is I would have wanted to represent because of the cool show we could have done together so right. this encapsulates all of that yeah okay yeah so uh are, are, are you having fun oh yeah okay that, that's all that matters yeah that's it so I guess my Letterman. Uh, I could have just asked that. Yeah, you could have asked that. That would have been easier, Mike. So, uh, so for me, Letterman. Letterman kind of starts for me in uh, 2001 when uh, after 9/11. So I've always been big on comedy and funny. And, it's a great uh, way to start any story. It is, by the way. It is. If you if you say it started right <laughs> after 9/11 for me, that's it's a wonderful way. Yeah. To get so. I didn't really, uh, I mean, my dad, he watched a little bit. He watched a lot of TV, a lot of movies. So I was, I'm really big into movies. I have a huge VHS collection. But uh, so for Letterman, it was after the, you know, September 11th episode where he kind of, you know, brought a little brevity to the situation and brought comedy back to TV. Because before, you know, there was that huge gap of television in between uh, September 11th and then when David Letterman came out and addressed it. Because nobody had addressed it really to that point on that stage. And, uh that's when I kind of was introduced to him and uh, really it got really heavy watching him, I guess, in high school when I found weed. So I started smoking pot and watching a lot of late night TV and, you know, you're hiding from your parents. So you're going outside in the middle of the night to go smoke and then you sneak back up to your room and you're you're watching them on your little bitty, you know, color CRT TV. And uh, so that was like how I was introduced to him. And I, I watched him all the way up until, you know, the final episode. So uh for me, it was him and Craig Ferguson were my two big late night guys. So, who else have you guys to work with in 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 that general uh, the solar system? You know, as far as comedy goes, what uh, who else who else has has made a big impact? Who else have you worked with? Um, what else have you done? Uh, 
Many questions there. Many, yeah. Many questions. Yeah. I'm, I, that's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm trying to get them all out at once. Whenever either one of us go home and you see an old friend from home that, yeah. you know, that never left home yeah. and they say, Oh, you know, it must be really fun to, you know, do that job and work in the industry and whatever. And it, Oh, you know, what, what celebrities have you met is like the number one question. Sure. And after, I mean, we both had 20 years individually, all of them is our answer. And it's honest. All of them. Oh yeah. Then I believe it. Small town. So yeah. everybody has at some point in some way come in contact with someone else. That six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know how easy that is for mm-hmm. anyone to play. Imagine someone, if you work with Kevin Bacon and everyone you know has too. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so what about, okay. So let's, let's, pare it down and just go to the late night world. Sure. Well, I, I and I, forgive me for doing most of the talking oh, that's words fine. for Nicole, just because of the, the MS, but, sure. oh, absolutely. Uh, whatever. but she has worked with almost everybody in, that's in comedy today. Yeah. Uh, she uh, was a very well-known publicist in this town. She was a VP of talent at the biggest agency there is. Um, and she used to um, move a lot of shit. We like to say, uh, <laughs> usually, yeah. used to make shit happen. Yeah. yeah, but when you say she's professionally invisible, she is professionally invisible. You're a little easier to find, but she was completely invisible. I couldn't find anything to try to do some kind of research before the episode because I like to kind of. I'm really big on researching people and stuff like that before I talk to them and stuff, especially for interview stuff. And I could not find anything. I, I just just to let you know, I didn't do anything. When a publicist leaves the business. <laughs> They're erased. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> they're they're buried. They're erased. Yeah, Some yeah. else will now get whatever Google she used to have. If you Google her maiden name, actually a bunch of stuff comes up yeah. when she would change from one company to another. Or whatever. Sure. But I mean, we always go to Chris Rock just because that's how we met. We both worked for Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, okay. Everybody from the Apatow crew, the Sandler crew, any anybody from like UCB, anybody from anything in comedy today, like you were breaking them. Yeah. Yeah. And I touched everything that broke comedy here, like the office and all that stuff. Like Wow. So so you're you're gonna be able to look back in years and just say, Yeah, I had a part in that and that and that and that. Uh even if it was behind the scenes kind of uh just having that that huge portfolio of stuff to look back on and be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty we watched awesome. Movie that she used to hate because yeah. she watched all the stories and oh, the person was whatever. And yeah. at this point, enough time has passed that she, we, we watch them and you can enjoy them. And you can enjoy it all now. There's no, there's a stress-free environment now. You can enjoy it without all the stress of having to worry about what's going on in the industry and everything. So are you telling me that the, the win, the most important point is she never got the chance to celebrate the wins that all the clients did. She yeah. And now she can kind of celebrate some of those wins from goals she made years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Are, that's are, awesome. You, are you telling me that, that the stars that we know and love aren't the same people uh, on and off the screen? I'm definitely not telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> They're exactly the same. Really? When part of this business is knowing how to play games sometimes. Yeah. And you do interviews, you host a show, like there's certain things you say sometimes and certain things you don't. And that sounds fake to someone that doesn't know this side of it, but it's not, it's what you, what do you, what's your message? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are you talking about? Yeah. So yeah, my wife, my wife asked me all the time. What, what, what are you talking about? So I I don't, yeah, I don't, (laughs) she, again, she's an angel. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, um, yeah, not 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 on the same level as far as humor goes. Well, we don't agree on much as two <laughs> individual human beings. Like yeah. we are the mag- we are the two magnets that, uh, that that push each other away, that repel each other. Yeah. But luckily, we get the same shit, and somehow the minds, while they're on the opposite hemispheres, they seem to work out. Um, well, well, this is this is my third wife, so I'm hoping that this is this is the right one at this point. I <laughs> I I just use the other two as like the entryway, you know, they're kind of my gateway drug to this one. So if it's not, if it's not just, I don't know how 
introspective you are, but it may have not been the wrong wives. Hey, you know, I, I have visited that, uh, but I quickly eschewed it and, and got it away from me because there's no way that this is what was the problem. There's, there's, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Grew up on <laughs> so uh uh when we w still kind of talking about being in the industry um and this is this is not a fair question but i'm going to ask it because i'm kind of a little bit of a fanboy here on on these things um favorite favorite place to work or favorite person to work with and you may not want to answer that i don't know as far as the person part goes i would say chris rock and london yeah and what did you work on in London with Chris Rock? Or did those two happen at the same time? Uh, a bunch of things with Chris in London, but we opened, he formed to open the O2 theater there. Yeah. Reopened. Yeah, so yeah we talked about. That went on for months. That we, he was really, he's really involved with his acts and his comedy and his performances. Mm -hmm. So we ran, we talked about, everything that went into those theater openings so and his performances and how it would be shot and wasn't there some backstory to that as well because people told either you yeah. or him not to do it because he wouldn't do well internationally he or and i talked about it a lot forever yeah. and when i asked him what was going on with it he, he was like kind of bombed and he's like my team didn't want to book me there they right. didn't think I could play yeah. there. And I kind of scoffed because we had promoted movies there and all that shit, and it was fun. So I kind of scoffed and I was like, but they still speak English there. Like, <laughs> Not lost in translation. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. He had the deal to book the O2 Theater for three nights and reopen it. So it changed to. And sold out sold out sure i believe it no absolutely yeah no i'm english myself so i'm originally from england so i know that his comedy translates i mean it does you, you can hear it in his voice right yeah you can hear it yeah. in my voice yeah. <laughs> that's what i would have thought yeah is it england i'm originally from manchester yeah. i was born in manchester I, I was born to an american dad english mother yeah just right outside of west texas here it's uh, uh manchester texas it's, yeah it's, it's <laughs> Uh, so, um, uh, and, and you, what, uh, your favorite that you've worked with? Gosh, I was, I was so involved in her story. Um, yeah. Well, we were too. I'm just trying to be nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, I had a lot of fun jobs, but until the, the strangest thing is we kind of feel like we're doing what we were supposed to be doing our whole lives yeah. now. Like the yeah. magnet is so strong on the thing that we're doing that like, I feel like um, it's very bizarre to be saying after 40 years old, like, oh, I'm finally living with purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not, that's, that's yeah. not strange at all. I'm 52, so yeah, I get you. It's like, yeah. I mean, I hear the words, but, but there's also some truth to it. So I can tell you anything you want from my old life, but I almost consider it all subpar compared to everything we're doing every day now. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell us more about what you're doing now, then. No, I would say probably Saturday Night Live, and sadly, and unfortunately, it was like the first thing I ever worked on. Yeah. Well, and that, that's not sad, because, I mean, that first big thing like that is going to make the biggest impression, I would imagine. Yeah, like crack cocaine. Yes, so exactly, like crack cocaine, yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking for it elsewhere, and I never got a job at Saturday Night Live, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Uh, that would have been great. So, so tell us, tell us. Um, I, I, I feel like we can't get out of here without asking you this question. Tell us about the racing. Tell us about the yellow car. Um, you know what? It goes back to the podcast. Same, same time. Okay. When, when life got flipped, turned upside down. Yeah. <laughs> can we still. Say that? <laughs> yeah, you can still say that. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, I was always into cars. I was into cars back in Connecticut because right. of. Dave used to drive cool cars around. I liked cars anyway, but now I began to decide what was cool based on what Dave was driving around town. Um, so uh, 
the car love started that early for me. Right. Um, as far as the yellow car and what we're doing currently, it was the same thing, um, uh, as well as our Good Vibes Breakfast Club, the Friday thing up in the yeah. mountain. Yeah. It was, um, you know, life kind of gave us the finger, so we decided to, like, give it the double back, you know? There you go. We started blowing off Friday mornings, and we bought this yellow, uh, this old yellow race car. It was 10 years old when we bought it. It's 18 years old now or whatever. Sure. Uh, it, 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 it was all shiny and new. It was perfect, just like we were back then. And uh, it's gotten beaten up and we've got stickers from travels. It's road worn now, sort of like we are. It's an avatar. Yeah. And, and it's also like she can't walk anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like at all. So it's for mobility. She used to travel 40 weeks a year with 20 different clients. She used to do spin class and cardio bar and yeah. every, every type of swimming. You were a competitive swimmer when you were a kid. Wow. She played ice hockey at the University of Michigan. Wow. She was the girls' team that got that school of varsity team. Like she she was very physical. This yellow car is now the mobility. We drive it with the windows down and usually no radio because it's it's that's the best way to drive. So um, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about your show real quick. Um, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about all the shows real quick. Uh, so tell me about the set. Tell me how that happened, uh, it, it, and then kind of give me an idea of of what you're shooting for here. What uh, what's what's the goal ultimately? Oh, Just small gosh. questions. Small questions. Uh, no, I can answer all of these very easily. I don't think I can answer the last one here today other than stay tuned what the goal is because we're going to be talking about that as it's all coming into focus lately. Sure. We had this kind of crazy pipe dream five years ago when we <laughs> started the podcast, bought the car. Yeah. Like I, Life turned off with a switch and we didn't know what to do, so we started everything brand new with the opposite. Uh, we came up with this idea of how to tell the story um, uh, which is my Letterman story. Um, and I'm assuming you guys know about the microphone because if you don't, I know about the microphone, but I would like for you to tell us about the microphone. I, I know about the microphone. Again, I do zero research. So please tell me about the microphone. I was talking to Mike Chislam. Shout out to Mike. And he's, he told me, he sent me the, the link to the interview with you and him. Uh, but I would like to hear your story though. Yeah. We'd like to hear it here. For sure, yeah, it's long and drawn out, so we'll just do the really truncated version. That, yeah, for sure. That same kid uh, living in the same town as Dave and growing obsessed with the little late night environment that he had created, um, or the sh- that the show was. Um, my dad died when I was a kid. Uh, I had this. I told him my parents were divorced. I was living in this big house alone, so a friend came to stay with me. And uh, 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 at the same time, and this is during the nineties, nineteen ninety six. And at the same time, Letterman, the theater was having a new set installed and it was like a whole big deal. And I was obsessed when I was a kid because I, <laughs> we didn't get to any of this. But I used to do a show at my high school, like, like a little Letterman show where really? I bought the desk and with the skyline and I bought a microphone to look like his and, you know, had an old <laughs> microphone and made it, customized it to look like his. Yeah. Like totally just deep end, right? Like get this kid some help. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so that's the backstory where, which leads to uh, the night that they were supposed to do this set on bail. For some reason, unbeknownst to me, there was a repeat. And I told my friend who was staying with me that I'm going to go for a drive. And I, one thing led to another from eating gas to getting a bright idea. I found myself in the Ed Sullivan theater that night. And I, I snuck down to this, I drove down to the city and I got led into the theater and I snuck my way around the entire place and I stole David Letterman's microphone. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story. How much time did you do? As a fan being obsessed. And and when I woke my friend up after driving back to Connecticut that night, he felt the same way you both did, which is, oh, my gosh, look at that. That's yeah. the coolest thing ever. The next night when they did do the set on Bale and, and Dave did finally sit at the desk after Martha Stewart had drilled in the final screw. Sure. Uh, he sat down at a brand new desk, which had a very wrong microphone on it. And Dave was <laughs> making comments about it. And then he told the audience that last night, the microphone that he'd used for the last 
X amount of years at CBS and X amount of years at NBC. Last night that was stolen and they all went, oh, and the whole thing. My friend, like you, with all that enthusiasm, jumps off the couch with, he's talking about you! <laughs> I'd be more excited that the cockamamie story I told him the night before was true. Sure, yeah. Uh, and so that put me on this crazy course of uh, terrible decisions where I decided to go to... Uh, there was a whole week of shows there where David Letterman uh, was sort of uncomfortable in the new environment. Yeah. <laughs> there were different, uh, different uh, set uh, uh, written pieces about the, the new set with like a kid who kind of shows up, doesn't say much. He's the president of the new set fan club and he's sort of wearing the same clothes that I was that night and stuff. And he just kind of comes in and doesn't leave. They, they wrote a piece where Dana Carvey came in and stole a bit of the new set to take to his new show. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's great. The thing that we decided needed to, we needed to resolve somehow. And my, again, heckle and jekyll, two harebrained <laughs> idiots bouncing a stupid idea back and forth mm -hmm. going, yeah, let's do this. I decided that I would go to David Letterman's house. Uh, this is, this is great. Yeah. Good and, idea. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And I would then offer him my high school microphone <laughs> there you go <laughs> similar, yeah. because it was similar to the one that had gone missing seems like a fair trade yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a ton of floundering mr betterman i used to do a show in my high school uh eventually back and forth of him saying no i can't take this no i can't take this and me saying please please take this right. eventually he says yes and he takes his, and this is at his house. This is literally at his house on a Saturday afternoon. Wow. And he takes the microphone and, and, and puts it on the dining room table and he goes, he tells me to stay right where I am. <laughs> so you, don't move. <laughs> stay right where you are. I got to get something for you. And then his, and, and, then his it, you. and then his Hummel collection went missing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just, well, I'm convinced he's calling the New Canaan Police Department. Yeah. He comes back, he gives me a late show jacket, which of course, other than the microphone, is the only thing I wanted so badly. Oh yeah. Uh, and and uh, and cut to I drive home, tell my friend uh, the whole story. Still, it sounds like somebody who made all of this up because it's so absolutely crazy. And cut to the next Monday night. So I, I stole it on a Monday night. Tuesday he tells everyone it's stolen. And it's a weird week of shows. Saturday I show up. <laughs> the next Monday, the mine, the one that I had made, was on the late show desk. Wow. Where <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That so, is. That is a, that's a fantastic story. Yeah. So this is a really long way to answer your question. Oh, you're good. You're good. It was a really long question. So you're great. So we had this story that I've always had the David Letterman mic and I've always had this crazy story and I've always had this silly amount of shame attached to this. And I, I didn't realize any of this till you think about it as an adult and put all the pieces together sure. and do the, the work. Yeah. Uh, and realized like, oh, wow, that was like the event that Biff stole the almanac and we skewed into an alternate tangent. And then I <laughs> this parallel universe for myself where I'm like, oh, shit, if you just fucking give that microphone back and correct, you're wrong. Like, you know, maybe your situation, which we were going through at that moment with life imploding, mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, uh, karmically improve a little bit. Right. We decided to figure out a way to get the microphone back to Dave. Okay. He's yeah. Recently, but he's just off the air. Uh, so it's not as easy as like, oh, just show up at the theater again. <laughs> um, so uh, we once we decided to do that and then even worked even a little bit in the direction of trying to orchestrate, uh, we were going to throw an event in New York that he was going to be, whatever. All these different ways. Out of nowhere, the desk and chairs from the original Late Show, the one that Bill Murray spray painted Dave on the first night. Right, right. More stood up on and said happy birthday to Dave on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the museum that had those in their collection offered them to us. They said, hey, they called up, they sent an email out of the blue That's saying, crazy. hey, any interest in the Letterman uh, assets because we're looking to, to make some room. Literally. I, literally. I, and we were like, uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah you can't say no to that i i, I feel like i feel like i'm missing part of that story like yeah, okay. well, i was gonna say you're a little bit older than me but if yeah, you thanks for that the dark crystal when you were a kid yeah it's like there's this shard right and then there's the whole crystal like once you decide to give the shard back you inherit the whole kingdom like the whole thing comes <laughs> there, you go. there you go yeah and 
was this weird moment of like, oh, geez, we're going to give the shard back. And they're like, nah, take the whole crystal. Wow. If I would have known that B&E's and Robin folks was so successful, I might have uh, dived into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Though. That's an awesome story, though. Yeah. So what do you do, what do you do from here? Well, that's just it. So uh, we had this idea. Sorry, I didn't quite finish the idea. No, you're yeah. good. You're good. This idea to tell this story. But when we were bringing it to the professional people yeah. who would tell this story, yeah. everyone unanimously agreed. That's a fucking amazing story. It's amazing. And if it happened to Jimmy Kimmel or Norm MacDonald or any real talk show host <laughs> that people actually know, sure. it would be the best movie, docu-series, documentary, like everything. Yeah. They were like, so how do you... <laughs> how do you become a jimmy kimmel or a tom green and i'm like well 20 years they're like no no no. you don't have to be at that level but how do you how do you put a bookend to this 30-year mystery yeah uh, and as that question got posed that's when everything sort of started to i said the magnet is strong with us we have good intentions and we're really trying to like make this a good thing for the world not just for us and our piggy banks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with that, with those good intentions and with that positive, strong magnet, all of the, uh, <laughs> anything that we couldn't even possibly have written because it would have been too good or real has sort of happened. Like, oh, Jay Leno will come to your show. Oh, you have the real Letterman <laughs> said. Oh, you get the real guy to come do the thing. Like, Kreskin's gonna do Like, what the shit? <laughs> so all of a sudden we've accidentally and on purpose, built this bookend to now we have a 30-year story to tell. So yeah. the that we don't have much viewership on our, our little podcast has gone from like a mild negative that we could flip into a positive to a wicked positive that's straight up nothing but positive now. Right. Um, we've used three and a half, almost four years now almost, I think, to uh, as stage time. Yeah. Like, to, to learn how to do what we're doing because yeah. dude we're still not great at it but you should have seen us in the beginning there's a reason comedians tour as much and do as many dates like i didn't even know what goes into it but it's really intense yeah. you have to do the same thing so many so different many ways times. with every day oh with a stomach ache when you have to poop when you have to pee when you think <laughs> you're gonna pee yeah, you have to you have to be on. Yeah, I really identify with the when you have to poop comment. Yeah, that's 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 wonderful. When yeah. the AC won't kick off, when it won't kick on, you know, whatever. <laughs> Just all to... these different things that you have to yeah. train yourself to still do the job in. You have yeah. to be for whatever gets thrown at you, and sure. that's thing I didn't realize. People don't always realize what goes into things. It's like you can't just show up and do something like it's neat that you wrote a funny story but like what if someone doesn't find it funny they're sitting in the front row and giving you this eye yeah. like what do you do it's that Seinfeld episode yeah. with the pilot plane yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah comedians are exposed to people of all walks of life of every ilk imaginable so that over time wears down the egos that mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. this reminds me of that a little bit and now a word from our sponsors so how long have you guys been together uh 2010 is when we met 2010 yeah. okay we were together immediately we sort of we didn't hit it off yeah. we didn't hit it off so for some reason we were like let's work on this for a while sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're you uh, you're you're big on punishing yourself, so that's great. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what life was all about back then. Punishing. Sure, sure. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Um, so uh, okay, so you didn't really answer me when I said what's next, and oh. and and wait, hang on. You you you've you've end arounded me a couple of times on that, and I know that's because you got something big coming up. So. Well in that we finally have what we need to tell this story. Yeah. So the, the, the answer is um, a, what's next is, um, <laughs> uh, is telling this, the, the story in, in one of the ways that I mentioned before, like, oh, in either a docu-series, sure. documentary, movie. Oh, awesome. Form, yeah. And um, it won't be 
so Jay and Nicole centric. It'll be, you know, a much bigger. Entity. Yeah. I actually had found y'all's podcast, uh, recently. So it's only been within the last probably five months or so. So we created this podcast. Mike had reached out on Instagram, looking for somebody in the area to do a show with him. And I've always been in content creation. I, I, I like the streaming stuff, you know what I mean, as far as like millennials go, like Twitch and video games and that kind of direction with it. And uh, he he wanted somebody to do a Letterman or an 80s theme podcast, something like that. And we sat down and talked about Letterman. And uh, he was kind of surprised to see that somebody who was in their early 30s, you know, well, actually was entertained and enjoyed Letterman. And uh, so we started this podcast for that reason or whatever. It's just the fact that I could be around somebody who's in their early 30s. That, I that, think that's what it is. That was the first hurdle. Yeah, He's coming uh, for the adrenochrome. I have a theory on this, and Mike, maybe you can tell me if I'm right or not. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, especially, especially for you, even more so than me. Yeah. I found him at the old NBC days. And you found him at the early NBC days. Oh, yeah. To me, not the late show. And a lot of people only count the late show. Yeah. I don't I didn't even, that's not, we don't watch that show. <laughs> we love late night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, so as somebody who was there from day one or even like pre-day one, um, I, uh, I, the late show to me, it, it, and, and this is going to sound really stupid, but it's it felt like a sellout almost. You know, it didn't feel like the, it wasn't the same show. Right. Uh, and we missed our yeah. show. Yeah. And it wasn't anyway. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. It it uh, I don't know. It it felt too glossy. It felt too produced. Um, I mean, I still loved it because Paul and Dave were there, but. Um, it, it, it wasn't the same. Yeah. And, and you start to feel like it's you, you know, like, like you're changing, you know, you're growing up, things like that. And so it felt different, but it, it was, it was a lot due to, to the CBS move also though. Yeah. It was just a different show. You said, Oh, you still watched it because Paul and Dave were there. I still watched it because it's what we had. It was better than nothing. It's true. It's true. But it, it wasn't the show that changed me that I fell in love with. That no. We're getting some version of now today. Yes. No, no. The, the, the original show was, that was my punk rock. You know, it was my, um, visit to CBGB, which is a, you know, call out to your shirt there. But, um, you know, I, I mean that, that was my, uh, brick over the head or what, whatever you want to call it, that was the moment, you know? And so that show will always be near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, I, I still watch it. Um, thank God for YouTube for, for not uh, making me watch the entire show. Um, every time I turn it on, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I you know, here, here's the other thing about that show is I didn't remember until probably about five, six years ago, how much I loved it. Um, now when I look back at it, I'm like, holy crap, that, that is probably the thing that, that set me up for failure the rest of my life. But, uh, I, I can certainly, I can look at it and see my sense of humor, the, the way I get along with people, um, the, the, my three marriages, uh, any, I mean, it all, I think it all came from there. You know, um, uh, Dave is, Dave is to blame for everything that happened in my life is, is what I guess I'm saying. And I don't think we're alone. That's a generation. That's I a think generation. you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Within a certain age range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Hey, welcome. Welcome to my certain age range. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we run uh, we run a uh, podcast studio here in Waco, Texas, uh, which those words don't normally go together. But um, we started back in 2019. Um it, with just a little podcast studio and we've kind of graduated to the point where our network now has over 80 shows on it. Uh, we actively produce somewhere between 30 and 35 every week. Um, and they are gradually starting to go video. Uh, we're building out new audio and video studios across town. Um, I feel like kind of like you, I, I feel like I'm starting to come into my own, you know, right before I die, but, um, I'm starting to come into my own at this point. And, and I finally found, uh, a, a woman who will put up with all of my ridiculous stuff that I want to do. And so, um, she doesn't realize what she's unleashed at this point, you know, um, 
do you, or maybe you're going through the same thing. We found that once you go, okay, yeah, let's pursue this. Yeah. Like, let's let this happen. Let's allow this to happen. It's clearly happening. Let's stop trying to stop it. And let's let it happen. Yeah. Floodgates. That's the magnet I was talking about. Before. That's exactly right. Yeah. You're, 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 1000% right on that. Yeah. It has to be bigger than either of us. Then it must be about the timing. Mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah. Well, it's definitely timing. Cause I created that Instagram like a week ago and, uh, for the David Letterman podcast. And, uh, my third follower was Morty and I, I he's never like, he's, I, I, I did message him on Instagram because he followed me. I was like, well, he, he's, there's gotta be a reason why he followed me. I mean, it's Morty. So I didn't get a, a message back from him, but, uh, it was crazy to me that it was, I saw some of the people that were following and I'm like, oh, these are like real deal folks in, in that sphere. Like, yeah. When he sent me, it was crazy. when he sent me the message and said that Morty was following us, I, I flipped out a little bit. Because you know who he is, but that's exactly right. Plus he doesn't know who he is. I don't know. Right. It's research. It's all research. It's all research based knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I know I'm, a lot more than I, I probably would have known if I had not started this podcast for sure. Jay, I'm I'm just gonna call you like once a month and gripe to you about old man stuff. Um, if if you're okay with that, that'd be great because none of these people are my age. I don't know. I don't know how I got here. Literally, <laughs> I'm old enough to not know how I got here. Yeah. Can I tell you something? I, this is another thing I feel is the timing of all of this. Yeah. I feel like we're all doing a tiny bit of what Dave did because I, our audience is surprisingly young. 100%. You know, we are people who are a little bit older, but the people who are into like the show and what we're doing, like the Twitch people, like you were saying, yeah. Rusty, they're all much, much younger. Mm. And they're a generation who's like going to run things soon. Uh, that's, so, that's why I'm ready to die soon. That, that would be great. I don't, I don't want them running anything. Well, but my point is, if <laughs> if the ones who are gonna run things are the ones who are supporting you, yeah. that puts you in a very good position, my friend. It's true. It's true. No, you're you're right. I, you know, I I'm very glib about all of it, but um, I feel uh, blessed or karmically uh, influenced or wh however you want to say it. I feel like I've reached a point in my life where uh, I am doing the thing I wanted to do when I was 13 years old. There it is. And um, they, there, there is really no other feeling like that. I am, you know, I, and, and I'm sorry, I'm not to make this about me, but I, I work seven days a week, you know, and, and probably five to six out of those days are 12 to 14 hour days, you know, and there is nothing else that I would do that for uh, besides my family. That's, that's really it, yeah. you know, uh, and, and God damn it, Dave, what did you do to me? You know, uh, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid working at an aluminum can factory for the rest of my life. There, yeah, that's it. Too. That's what Crazy. I'm trying to dodge. That's our major industry in Waco, Texas: aluminum can factories. <laughs> We're known the world over for our aluminum cans. Well, here's the thing: there, you guys, this is you're starting this at the. I know you didn't just start it, but like you're you're coming out of the gates here at a really great time. Um, the the love for Letterman is stronger now than it's been. I don't know. I would say <laughs> maybe since he went off the air. Yeah. I don't think even since the Netflix show hit and everything, I think it's, yeah. it's happening now. You I think everybody's deprived. It's getting to a point now where we're completely deprived. Like mm -hmm. it's like an addict, you know, after time it's still on your mind. And then now it's just gnawing like the, this David Letterman stuff. Cause it's, it's crazy to me too, being, being 30 and seeing people my age that are interested in it. Cause I know a few of my friends that listen to our stuff and they've went out and actually sought out more just cause they listen to it just cause they're my friend. And then they were like, Oh, well, David Letterman, you know, let's go check it out. And then now there's, you know, sending me YouTube clips and TikTok videos and all kinds of stuff that that's that David Letterman's, you know, all the clips people are putting on everywhere. I mean, it's all over social media that, that they're, they're doing all this. Can y'all give me a quick, uh, reflection on your, your, uh, take on TikTok? I signed up for it, but I don't understand it. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> all right. Again, one, once a month, I'll just call you and I'll talk to you about TikTok and, and things like that. Kids in my yard, stuff like that. I'll, I'll just, just, if we can just, if we can just uh, talk about how the kids ought to get out of my yard and get off of the TikTok. That would be wonderful. I think that would really uh, fill in a lot of blanks for me in my life. Well, if the kids are on TikTok, they're probably not in your yard. That's the thing. They're on TikTok in my yard, and I, <laughs> I didn't give them the okay for that. So I don't, I don't know who did, but I'm going to see my homeowners association after we're done here.
Well, listen, when you phone the neighbors, you might want to bring that up with them. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, that's the other thing. Now, I saw that clip uh, where where you mispronounced our name several times. Huh? I screwed it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, phone the kids and wake the neighbors. Yeah, uh, uh, phone the neighbors and, and wake the kids. Wake the kids and phone the neighbors. Wake the uh, phone and kid the neighbors. Wake the phone and kid the neighbors, yeah. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care how anybody says it. It's fine. I just want people to listen to it and enjoy it. And that's ultimately the thing here, and I think that's, that's uh, the thing for all of us, all four of us here, and anybody else that works on your shows, our shows, or whatever. We, we're just trying to put out quality stuff that, that makes people's lives a little bit better. And, um, God, I, I hope that's what we're doing. Hopefully not worse. Yeah. I I mean, if it's okay, if it's just, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to come in on the negative side of things. No, not at all. Had plenty of negativity in my life. I don't need that anymore. Can I ask you guys a couple questions? Please do. Shoot. Yeah. Cause we're out. We're done. What? I mean, you, this was a, when we had the conversation the other day, it was, oh, it's not video yet. And then this looks like, oh, they've got a video set up over there. Yeah. So you guys are clearly investing in this. This is clearly not going to stop tomorrow. Right. What are, what are, you, what are your plans? What are your uh, goals with this show? So with the show, I thought the show was over. Um, we did, uh, we did like four episodes and then uh, uh, life took over. And all of the stuff here in the studio took over. And, of course, my stuff tends to take a back seat just simply because I'm producing for other people and we're putting out shows for, for everybody else. Um, but then all of a sudden, uh, Rusty finds this vein of people who uh, apparently enjoy the show or at least say they do, which which I don't care if they listen to it or yeah, not, there was, as long as they say they like it. Yeah, there was specifically a guy on Twitter that had commented on something I had posted on one of Letterman's yeah. uh, posts like four months ago. And he's like, well, where's the podcast at? He said, I've listened to everything that's there. He said, where's the rest of it? And I was like, that was four months ago, dude. I was like, well, uh, let me go ahead and start an Instagram. And yeah. then that's kind of, you know, snow ball to where we're at right now yeah it's it's I, I guess i don't know what the ultimate goal for this thing is uh other than to get through um all of the important milestones as far as dave is concerned um the important guests the important things that happen um being able to talk to folks like yourself i mean that's it, it's a huge win for us i i again you know 52 uh doing a thing i like uh, yeah, well, take that however you want, but, um, uh, 52 doing a thing I like, all of this is gravy at this point, you know? So whatever I, you know, if the show does well, fantastic people, we we've made people happy. If it doesn't, then screw it. We'll move on to something else. It, it's, I, I, I can't put that kind of pressure on myself for these things anymore. It's, it's, I'm going to do stuff that I enjoy, you know? Yep. Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> That's good advice for life. Sure. No, sure. absolutely. Yeah. It's it's hard to take though. Sometimes it's hard to take your own advice sometimes. Yeah. 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 What uh, you said you or one of you guys said I think you're going to are you going to build a desk for your show too? <laughs> so, uh, we work um, we work with a a local school uh, that that does a lot of hands-on stuff. So they do um, the, they have a woodworking place. They have a, uh, a welding shop. They have um, uh, audio video stuff that we participate in with that school. And what we're hoping to do is trick the kids into building us a desk at some point uh, in that woodworking. Literally, that's whatever. literally how I got my high school set. I, yeah. I took all the plans and I took it over mm-hmm. to the wood shop and that's I would talk to the guy. I was like, hey, so how do we, uh, you know, make mm-hmm. this in your thing? And then mm-hmm. I had them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I figure, you know, you, you, you ask us kind of what we're expecting and, and, and kind of the background of, of how we do this stuff. I think part of it is, is I always say we've, we've collected the right people at this point. Um, and I think you guys understand what I mean when I say that, uh, a year ago, I didn't know half of these people that I know now. And I haven't been through the things that we've been through in the studio. And so all of this is starting to kind of reveal itself. And so when somebody says something like, hey, we should build a desk, I'm like, well, okay, you know, uh, let's figure out who we know that can build a desk and let's build a desk. You ever see the Jim Carrey movie, uh, Yes Man? Oh, yeah. 
well, that's almost sounds like what you're doing now. Like maybe you used to be shut off to that stuff, but now you're like, I mean, okay, why not? Yeah. I, I have all, I, well, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I think I am kind of saying yes to things now. Um, whether it kills me or not, that's, that's to be seen, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of going along with it and working as hard as I can on, on building a thing that, that again, just makes people happy and, and, um, makes me feel fulfilled. Yeah. We also have a, uh, super selfish, you know, we also have another podcast that we do together. Uh, it's a King of the Hill podcast that we do called Blah, a King of the Hill rewatch podcast. That's what we, right. we named it. And, uh, episode at a time. And ep- so we go through an episode at a time and that's, uh, that's, that's another thing that we do. So that's what we kind of, uh, put a lot of our effort into when he says other podcasts. So we got a little bit of traction on that and that's, that's what we enjoy a lot. That was what we found out. We found out we enjoy comedy is what we found out, you know, but there's those comfort shows you have. And for both of us, King of the Hill was one of those, you put it on at the end of the night and it's just one of those things you fall asleep to kind of shows. And, uh, we decided, you know, well, we're doing Dave. We love Dave. Well, we might as well do something else that we enjoy as well. So it's, it's been great to do do anything with Mike, really. It's been, been an enjoyment for sure. He's, he was paid earlier to say that. Yeah. Oh, that was Yeah, clear. definitely. Yeah, that sure. Was, that was a canned response if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was canned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to do the same oh, thing with you. my kids. I have to pay them to say good things about me. Yeah. What's your desk going to look like? Which desk will it be? Will it just be a random desk? Uh, no, no. I think a random desk is is what we have now. Um, I think uh, I, I would love for it to be a talk show desk, and you you know what I say. You know what I'm saying when I say that. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet. Uh, I think it's an amalgamation of probably three or four different yeah. desks. Yeah. No. Then why do I know if you don't know? No. You, you, well, you know what I'm saying. Well, no, you don't. Never mind. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell it's going to look like. How about that? Uh, it, it, most people probably don't know that, like a television talk show desk is not like a desk right. that you uh, have in your home or your office or right. buy it at all. They're they're totally different. The proportions are not what you think they are. It's mm-hmm. kind of what I was saying when I went to NBC and saw it all for the first time. I was like, "What the shit? This right. isn't what my box at home." <laughs> uh, so, like the Dave desk that uh, that we have people uh, have this interpretation of, in their mind of what it's going to look like when they get here. And then they're like, oh, it's so small. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be huge, you know? Yeah. Johnny Carson's desk was even smaller. Really? Uh, so, and, and, you know, they're not as deep as they look. And so yeah. if that's what you mean by a talk show desk, then, then yes, I do know what you mean. If, if you mean like, oh, it should look like this and be a talk show desk, that's in your mind. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I think that uh, when I think talk show desk, of course, I go back to Dave's original desk. I, I, I very rarely in my mind is is it uh, a Carson desk. Carson desk to me seems very big and square, um, and uh, not inviting, kind of like Dave's was, you know. Um, and and I, I also, if I ever host anything from behind the desk, I'm going to make sure people are in front of me so that they have to look back at me. That's a little bit of a power move, I think. Uh, and so, you know, just those little things like that. If I, can, awesome. if I can get them down a little further so that I'm uh, towering a bit, I think that would, that would really help. Was, yep. it Andy Kaufman, was it Andy Kaufman who did that bit where the desk was like six feet above the chair? Bigger, bigger desk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bigger and bigger desk, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to see what you guys do. Well, I appreciate um, that. I, I really do, and it, it, you know, honestly, it, lot, yeah. I, it really does mean a lot. And and you can you can laugh at it or, or whatever, as far as you know, why are y'all talking to us, kind of thing. But um, just to find other people in the world that that give a shit about this stuff or what uh, we're doing or what you're doing or whatever—that's a big thing. You know, yeah. to, to find individuals that actually that give a shit. I don't know. It, it when I when I step out this door uh, today, nobody cares. You know, uh, out there what I'm doing in here. Nobody cares. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll go home and tell my wife about it, but she'll fall asleep while I'm talking to her, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just great to find other people that that kind of think the same way. It's scary, but uh, it it is great. 
Well, I, I hope that uh, you'll have us back at some point. I would love to be. Oh, definitely. I, I would love to have you guys back. I would love to be involved with you guys in any any possible way we, we can. Oh. I, I, I love your energy, and I, I, you know, that means nothing. Again, aluminum, ca- aluminum can capital of the world, Waco, Texas. But um, uh, <laughs> we, we want nothing more than to grow the little fun family we got going. So, yeah. like, that's, I liked Mr. Rogers. I liked the TV clubhouse that yeah. Dave. Yeah. So if there if there's anything you guys want to do with us, come up with an idea and let's do it. Like I'm a I'm a, I'm I'm very easy to collaborate. With. That's let's a frightening it. thing that you just said. Listen, that's how Mike and I got involved. I yeah. didn't know Mike from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, Mike yeah. from Canada. Shout out to Mike from Canada. Yeah, definitely. But but he you know he reached out uh, after something I can't even remember. He you know we friend requested me or something and sent me a message and then hey will you do my podcast and then you saw how we got to know each other live on that podcast just right. like you're. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Anything we we have uh, since we've moved into this space, uh, which was a year ago, February. We we have a very small. Um, well, of course, the bus line comes by. You know, that's three times a day. But um, out <laughs> out front, we have a, a little like event space, right? That we kind of inherited with this place. And uh, it's a scary thing to give to a guy who doesn't give a crap anymore about what people think about him because we've done adult puppet shows. We've done uh, <laughs> drag shows. We've done uh, comedy and open mics. We've done improv. We've done a little bit of everything. And I, I'm starting to get tired of it at this point uh, because people keep letting me do stuff. So, uh, I just wait for somebody to say, don't do that. Somebody needs to come in here and say, quit doing those things. Uh, but anyway, yeah, just, just saying that, um, I I would love to do something with you guys. That would be wonderful. Cool. Yeah. I'll come up with something weird and I'll send it your way. I love it. Okay. Uh, we love what you guys are doing. I I, I wish much success. Um, and like I said before, if you need anything from us, we're around. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. We appreciate it. that so much. And if you could go ahead and forward over all your industry connections, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Like I told you, we work with everybody and she'll just send you the Rolodex. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm accustomed to our Rolodex, so I'll be I'll be watching for a UPS truck. I'm just looking up. for Mike Judge. <laughs> I'm just looking for Mike Judge. You uh, have the kids build your original, uh, the original Letterman desk. We yeah. may have a similar desk because you know we're trying to get the original Letterman desk. Are you really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're trying, wow. we're trying to studio swap a Rooney with the person who has it. Yeah. Where is this person who has it? I'm not telling you. You're weirder than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, right after this, I'll go on Facebook Marketplace and see if I can't find that guy. It's, uh, it's out here in LA, and uh, the guy was on our show just the other day. His name is James Commissar, and he's a wonderful human being. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I, I wish you guys nothing but luck. It's been wonderful meeting both of you. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm a little bit in awe that, that you guys took some time to talk to us and, and we really appreciate that. Um, I know you, you can look at each other or whatever. I mean, but it's, it's nice. It's nice yeah, when other humans connect with you, you know? And so, uh, I, I really do appreciate it. You are very welcome. Both of you. Rusty, thanks for helping put it together. Oh, absolutely. No, thank y'all for, uh, for answering some random strangers, you know, Instagram messages. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been it's been. I said, yeah, Morty follows him. It can't be all bad. It's been nice having you guys, but I got to go take my insure. So, um, (laughs) well, uh, y'all have a great night. See you later, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. That was great, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank y'all a lot. Appreciate that. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very polite on the air. Well, (laughs) yeah, you don't know me. Uh, It's uh, it it was really great. Um, uh, Again, I. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your lives to to talk to us for a few minutes. It's it's just fantastic to connect to people. Well, shout out to Morty too because uh, he followed me and that's really got people talking to me. So yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Amazing. It, it was the credibility I needed, so I think it probably will be for other people too. Are yeah, any yeah. Other staff members starting to follow now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it it was it was a few. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, a few staffers. It was a few staffers. Uh, there was another guy, I can't remember his name, uh, Abby Turkle, uh, the guy that did Beavis and Butthead stuff, a producer for Beavis and, Beavis and Butthead. I don't know. He, that, that was big to me because yeah. it's all King of the Hill stuff, like Beavis sure. and Butthead, all oh, that. Sure. Yeah, I just don't know him. Uh, yeah. uh, 
you guys had Mike Judge on yet? No. No, not at all. That's we haven't had anybody as far as anybody with the show at all. We haven't had any uh we have one guest and it's just a local guy that I know. Yeah. I assume that's because you haven't reached out yet. Uh, because I don't know. Well, I'm still figuring out how to reach out to him. <laughs> Hit him up on Facebook. It's it's really him. Really? It's, yeah, it's really him. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know him well, but I mean, like, I've seen him at stuff, and we have talked. He's a wonderful person. He's one of my favorite like people. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like uh, a nice guy. For but sure. again, I, I'm sure that's all just put my on. Point is, so. I think he would do it. I think he would be happy to do it. I think really. He'd love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll reach out to him then. Yeah, I'll reach out to him for sure. I'm getting I'm getting real real close to riding the elevator with somebody. He's a no. I'm serious. Think about him like on the Howard Stern show. Like he's a fan. Yeah. He likes to be part of the gag. Like he he's in the Jackass movie we just watched yeah. the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's how that's what I get from Mike Judge. Yeah, he really. I, I feel like that's that's he's probably going to be somebody that I'd be able to be able to get on. I just it's just communicating with them, just getting out there and messaging and all that kind of stuff. Well, Rusty, you're probably not on Facebook, but Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to pause my farm uh real quick and then I can reach out to him. My, tur- right. my turnips are look- looking rough. All right, well <laughs> well thank you guys seriously, we really appreciate it and and we'll be in touch. If you want to do it again by the way, we can do it from the set. I just really didn't we didn't this was like just easier. Well, we we were trying we were trying to just trick you into something, so uh, it it worked the first time. So next time we'll do it for real. Yeah, yeah, we weren't sure how well our technology would work on our end, so we didn't want to do anything super, you know, formal. I I don't I don't know if you well you don't know this about me, but maybe you'll identify with this. Uh, again, it's just the yes, let's do it, and we'll figure it out when we get there. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the, the what do they call that? The uh, the great unknown. Yeah, it's Absolutely. definitely the great unknown. Yeah, it's uh, it's been something, but uh, we're we're building something here, and we're trying real hard. And uh, uh, folks like yourself are are really helping us do it. And and again, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank Seriously. You. All right, guys. Well, y'all, y'all take care. Y'all have a good night. Hey, thanks for joining us on Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors. I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. And join us next time for another episode of The Man from the City So Nice They Named It Twice. Wake the Kids at RogueMediaNetwork.com. Excellent. And we will see you next time. At the David Letterman Tribute Podcast. Okay, good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, Wake the Kids, Phone the Neighbors. This is not a competition. It's only an exhibition. Please, no wagering.